I'm Amanda. And I'm Mike. And this, this is Saturday, Saturday Morning, Morning Cereal. Water, earth, fire, air. My grandmother used to tell me stories about the old days, a time of peace when the Avatar kept balance between the Water Tribes, Earth Kingdom, Fire Nation, and Air Nomads. But that all changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Only the Avatar, master of all four elements, only he could stop the ruthless firebenders. But when the world needed him the most, he vanished. A hundred years have passed, and the Fire Nation is nearing victory in the war. Two years ago, my father and the men of the Water Tribe journeyed to the Earth King to help fight against the Fire Nation, leaving me and my brother to look after our tribe. Some people say that the Avatar was never reborn in Air Nomads and that the cycle is broken, but I haven't lost hope. I still believe that somehow the Avatar will return to save the world. Welcome to another episode of Saturday Morning Serial Podcast. Today we will be discussing Netflix's live, live adaptation of Avatar The Last Airbender. Perhaps you've heard that narration before or perhaps you're new to the Avatar fandom and we will uh, we will talk about both considerations today when we review this uh, Netflix show. Yeah, I mean, Avatar is such a big part of our lives and I actually had um, the animated series and Legend of Korra reviews on my past podcasts um, and we've had previous fans come on too and we just, we just love these shows and we just love the whole concept of the story and the characters. So, you know, buckle up and we're going to dive right into this. So Avatar Last Airbender, live action on Netflix, was developed for television by Albert Kim. It stars Gordon Cormier as Aang, Kia Wentillo as Katara, Ian Ousley as Sokka, Paulson Young Lee as Uncle Iroh, Daniel Day Kim as Fire Lord Ozai, Ken Leong as Commander Zhao, and Elizabeth Yu as Azula. Mike, you are the one that introduced me to Avatar The Last Airbender, and you are just such a huge fan. I mean, I'm a fan, but you're like a mega fan. So what was your first introduction to Avatar The Last Airbender, and why are you just such a big fan of the Avatar universe? Uh, My friend Caitlin got me into Avatar when I was in college in 2012 or so. And um, I had heard of it, and I didn't really know what it was. I had kind of known what Zuko Zuko was a thing. Zuko broke Tumblr back in the day. Because he was on Tumblr. Yeah, he was on <laughs> Tumblr. And I didn't know, like, what uh, what it was about. So when my friend Caitlin was talking about it, she's like, well, what do you think of Avatar? Do you like Avatar? I was like, well, what's that? She's like, you haven't seen it? I'm like, no. So back in 2012, we used to have these things called DVDs. So I went, ran out to Best Buy and I got the whole box, the whole box set of all three books. And I, I pretty much watched it all during the summer. And I was just so amazed by the mythology and the world building inside the show and how it conquered, like, adult themes, but it told it in such a simple way that children could understand. And I love, like, growing up in the 90s, you know, Power Rangers, Ninja Turtles, like, martial arts was our jam. I don't know if future generations have, uh, a have a favorite martial art thing that inspired them but for me you know the 90s was all about karate and now i'm watching this animated show and the characters are performing karate and there's elements attached to it with like fire and air and earth and the animation is so expressive and the voice acting is so great and the characters are so good and it all just clicked together so harmoniously 
and it's one of my favorite shows ever. So I was a little, a little uh, heartbroken when I rented The Last Airbender on DVD, directed by M. I. Chumlon, and it was a big disappointment. So I've always been hoping that we would get a proper live-action adaptation of this awesome show. Yeah, I was introduced by you when we first started dating. <laughs> and I remember watching, um, actually, so I think this show came out when I was in eighth grade, maybe seventh or eighth grade. And I remember seeing trailers for it on Nickelodeon and my, I think my brother watched it, but we were really into fairly odd parents. So like we would watch fairly odd parents and then like this avatar show would come on and I would just turn it off. So fast forward to Mike and I start dating and we sit down and we start watching it. And I, at first I thought it was just like a cute cartoon but as we got into it i was like oh whoa this is not anything but cute i mean this is like serious stuff here <laughs> and then you know we watched that and then i got into legend of Korra, and i love legend of Korra. so we just watched this whole show all the episodes in pretty much two sittings i i gotta know amanda would you recommend the show to new fans and would you recommend it to old fans like us who have seen the animated show I think this is more of a show that caters to the existing fans more than trying to gather new fans because let's, so I think like over, was it during pan, the pandemic and quarantine, they brought Avatar and Korra on the Netflix and it took off, like the fandom took off again. Um, and I know the fandom is big and massive and I think a lot of these fans were introduced to the animated series first and then this live action is just like a supplemental thing to you know treat the fans to something that's so um i found like the special effects to be great and kind of like give us a need for a more uh, adult yeah like a more of adult darker like more mature feeling with you know human characters flesh and blood um I thought the CGI was great with Appa and Momo. So, I mean, I, what do you think? Do you recommend it? or? Well, there's a lot of people who won't watch animation unless it's, like, done by Pixar or Disney. And even then, they kind of watch it under the guise that it's for children. Mm -hmm. But for me, Avatar Last Airbender was always an all-ages thing. And they brought this live-action adaptation kind of up to, like, a teenage mentality you know, they made it darker, they made it more realistic, and, you know, all these themes that maybe children in the original show were watching and they didn't understand yet, they've now lived through. Yeah. And now these, the these themes are going to click with them even more. And I would say that if you're not ever going to give the animated show a chance, maybe check this out. But if you're on, if, but if you just want to get an avatar, yeah, watch the original show. That's how I would put it. Yeah, because I think this show, if if you go in cold turkey and watch the live action series, and you have, because you're going to have questions, you're going to have like, you know, what does this mean? Or, you know, you want to try to see something that fills the holes that are left in the, because, I mean, let's face it, it's, they're not going to cover every single detail, like in the animated series. So to go back and watch the animated series is definitely something I would recommend to do if you're going into the live action cold turkey. I don't know what you think about that, Mike, but yeah. So do you feel that the live-action adaptation is even necessary? And I know you've been following news about this series for years. Yeah, they announced it, 
I was probably around the pandemic that they were going to do it, and it's just been taking forever to come to our uh, TVs. Do I think that this is necessary? Uh, no. Yeah. But do I think it's worthy of adapting? I think yes. I think that the these stories will, as you were saying, will resonate more with you through human performances and 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 like real people performing them instead of animation, kind of exaggerating everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that. This will introduce a whole new fandom of people to the show, and they'll be interested in the stories and the characters, and maybe they'll go and watch the cartoon, or maybe they'll pick up a comic, or maybe they'll pick up one of the uh, Avatar novels that are more adult-oriented. So I, I think it's it was worthy to adapt, but not necessarily needed. Yeah, I agree to all that. So being a loyal fan of the animated show, did you notice any changes and did you like or dislike them? I really liked how they didn't hold back when it came to like the gruesome parts of the show. Um, and I can tell that they knew what the fans wanted to see in the live action show, like the Cabbage Merchant and the Secret Tunnel song and Suki. And, you know, it's more like... I want to say, like, maybe five episodes smashed into one episode in the live series. So, like, they don't cover everything that you see. But, again, it works really well. It flows really well. And as, you know, a fan of the series, I thought this was very well thought out and put together. It nailed on every single scene that I would have wanted to see. Um, And, again, like, you know what happens if you've seen the animated series beforehand. So... I really didn't have any questions. I was just enjoying what I was seeing. What about you? I really wanted them to deepen the story and flesh out things more and kind of skip over the more filler episodes. I know a lot of people argue that there's no filler episodes in the Avatar because everything is all about character development, but we've all seen The Great Divide. Okay, it is filler. And even if it is about character development, Aang lied to those people to resolve that conflict. So, yeah, I mean, I think the the show started off so great. I mean, kind of started off like Rogue One, like the ending of Rogue One, where this person has these plans about this big catastrophe that's going to happen, and then they kind of get, like, uh, gunned down by the enemy. And they, uh, they start, and then the second scene is about basically like the Air Nomad genocide after Aang runs away. And that's something I've always wanted to see. And what it does here in the show is it sets up these firebenders as legitimate villains. And you get to see them literally incinerate someone by touching them. And that was awesome. That They, they were scary as heck. And uh, in, the, in the animated show, you just kind of got the idea of what mm-hmm. happened. And they didn't really show it. And... Seeing it happen makes it more fearsome to me. Yeah, I agree. I really like the first whole sequence with the war. That was really cool. So I did like that change, but again, some of the changes I don't really feel clicked with me. Like, the Amashu storyline in general was kind of just too much happening at once. And I can, I can kind of see the theme that they wanted to go with with those episodes was characters doing things in war that they didn't want to do, but they had to do. They had to make those hard choices with, you know, Boomy talking about ha- 
having to feed the orphanage or the soldiers and uh, Jet talking about killing civilians and and all that stuff and the the mechanist making weapons for them just so that they that, that his town can be uh, not pushed around by the Fire Nation. I can kind of see all that kind of working, but it, they don't pull it off for me, and I didn't really like it too much, and I think that was kind of the weakest storyline on the show, is just the Umashu storyline. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they put, they took a huge scene from the Andean show, which is the secret tunnel with Aang and Katara getting lost, and them kind of finding love in the secret tunnel, and kind of kissing, maybe kissing for the first time, and they took that scene and they put a brother and sister in there. Yeah. Well, what's that about? <laughs> what do you want to happen in there? I mean, there's Frozen where true love melts a frozen heart, and it was sister love. Like. But, okay, but they <laughs> didn't. They didn't change the story of Umashu. Umashu was founded by two lovers. Yeah. But what they could have done is they could have had a brother and a sister, like Katara and Sokka, and they could have had them being two different sides in the civil war between the towns and perhaps they were in they were they went to these secret tunnels to meet each other and and to reunite as a family and that could have been the basic basis point for Katara and Sokka being in there but they didn't do any of that yeah I don't know I guess we'll we'll, uh, see as this hopefully the series progresses into more seasons um yeah I know there's shipping wars too in this fandom so maybe maybe i don't know well do you want to hear my theory about like the big change i think is coming yeah go for it it's gonna make some people happy and some people really angry <laughs> okay so canonically um ang is gonna end up with katara he ends up with her in the show in the original show but i think there's kind of like an age difference and a height difference right now for the actor who plays ang and the actor who plays katara and I think that the end game of the sh- of the Netflix show is going to be Zuko and Katara ending up together. Yeah, and like I, I, that makes sense. And I know a lot of people ship those two together. My biggest concern, though, is how will Tenzin be born? How will Kaya and Boomy be born? They can all be born. It's just that one of them is going to be a firebender. That's true. One of them is going to be an airbender. Yeah. I and mean, then, yeah. they'd have to pair Aang up with someone else so it's just a theory guys <laughs> it's just a theory yeah, yeah. I mean, don't think too deeply into it yeah so how did the show translate the imagery the action scenes the bending the costumes the locations how did they do it to live action okay so i thought the costumes were honestly just okay um they were a little clean for me yeah they didn't look like they were made in a time of distress and war yeah and <sighs> i got over it though yeah, I didn't like Boomy's look. Um, I really liked Suki, though. Suki's makeup and design and the actress that portrayed her, she was top-notch. I really enjoyed that, um, the Kiyoshi um, village or whatever that place was called. Um, you know, there were some parts I did like, um, and then there were some parts I was just like, nah, I could tell it's CGI. Um, Appa looked really good. Momo looked really good. But, I mean, the bending was great. Um, especially like the water bending, I thought was good. Um, I did think the ice parts, though, we were even like, wow, this is like Frozone from The Incredibles because it was just like, woo. You know? I, I will defend them because Frozone is not the first character to do the yeah. ice bridge, okay? 
Think but, about Iceman from the X-Men. You know, there there was there were good things and there were bad things and not I'm not gonna say bad things. There was some decent things. Um yeah. What about you? I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna go out here and say that three elements looked really good. Earth did not look good at all. But fire, air and water looked incredible. Yeah. Um but they're all very hard because water has to reflect everything. So that's very hard to do in effects. And fire has to light everything. And then there's huge particle effects that come with air and earth. So, I mean, it's it's hard work. But it seemed like the earthbenders only had one move. And that mm-hmm. was to pull a rock up in front of them and then shoot it. And, you know, Toph comes around in the later season. And I hope she revolutionizes how they portray earthbending. Because Boomy only had like one or two moves that wasn't just throw a rock at somebody, you know. Um, he was gonna blit, you know, blow the place down with his rock thing, like trying to bring down his castle or whatever. Yeah. Um, with the marble and yeah. I really liked the sets too. The sets were really good. Uh, they were small, and that's because they were built in the volume. But the sets looked really good. Some of the makeup, mm. um, especially the way that they would take a, a character and then they, they would age them up to be older, like the gray hair and the prosthetics like that, it, sometimes it didn't work for me. Yeah. Um, like like uh, Paku, he didn't look too good. And then... Roku didn't look too good. And I know that those guys aren't in their 70s or 60s who are portraying them. They're probably in their 40s or yeah. 50s, and they want to make them look older. But then they ha- also have to do all these eccentric bending moves. So they have to be younger to be physically able to do that. So. And I think the eyeliner on Aang was a little distracting. Because, like, I get it. They're trying to make his eyes bigger because that's how Aang is. Like, yeah, very cheeky. What? Yeah, eyeliner on? Oh, yeah. There was... I mean... I don't know if it was, like, every scene, but, like, there was, like, one part where the lighting was dark, and I just could see, like, a top lid. I notice these things, because I'm weird. Yeah. Do you think he just has, like, really nice lashes? Like could I have do? that, too. But, yeah. But other than that, I mean, I you know, Aang looked great. I really did enjoy uh, all of the character portrayals. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about Iroh, because I got a bone to pick with Iroh. Oh, yeah. So... In the, uh, in the animated show, Commander Zhao basically becomes uh, hungry for power, and that eventually leads to his demise when he won't accept help from Zuko, and McCoy Zilla eats him. Like, that's how he's supposed to go. Yeah. He was supposed to be consumed by power, and, and he didn't have any friends, and no one would help him, and he refused help, and that's how he died. But in the show, he... he he gets in some shots with Zuko, and then Iroh kills him from behind. Yeah. Like, this man who, mm-hmm. in an earlier scene, had said, no more, we've seen enough bloodshed, and he had lost his son to war, and he had seen, uh, was it, 600 days in yeah. the siege of Bossing Sing, and suddenly he just goes, oh, yeah, you're dead. You messed with my nephew, you're dead. I didn't like that. Yeah, Iroh was not like that in the animated series at all. He was just this very, like, he loved tea, he loved food. And he started out really strong. Like, that was the Iroh we loved. And he just turned into this uh, <laughs> conniving dark uh, 
wouldn't say conniving, but... No, he was conniving. He, he saw an opportunity yeah. and he took it. Yeah. I also... I'm probably going to get flamed for this a little bit, but... I mean, I okay, I don't... I thought Katara was okay. I thought she didn't have enough lines in, like, the first couple episodes. Um, it was very, like, Sokka-focused, which I love Sokka. I wasn't complaining, but... Um, I felt like the chemistry between Katara and Aang was kind of, um, like, it came out of nowhere. Like, they, I don't know how to explain it, but, like, in the animated series, they build a friendship to the point where it's, like, deep, and, you know, they'll do, you know, Aang and Katara will do anything for each other because they're besties. Um, but this was just kind of, like, I felt, like, rushed in. Yeah, I could Like, the best friend trope. Yeah. But I did, I love Sokka. Sokka was fantastic. Like, I think that was my favorite. Because my favorite character is Zuko. But in the live action, I really liked Sokka. And then I loved Suki. Suki was fantastic. Uh, yeah. Ian Ousley as Sokka was great. And he had the mannerism and, like, the vocal range mm-hmm. and, like, the look. Yeah. And it was all down the path. Plus, they totally, like, they redeemed him and didn't make him necessarily the butt of every joke. Like, yeah. He got some shots in with Zuko. Like, the Zuko and um, Sokka fight was great. Because mm-hmm. in the show, he just kind of gets pushed aside. But they, they had a great action scene there. I really like that. Yeah. And Suki. Suki was perfection. Yeah, she was great. Her makeup looked great. Her mm-hmm. armor looked great. The way she carried herself. The way that she was feminine, but tough. And the mm-hmm. way she was kind of, like, emotionally vulnerable, but, like, reserved. And yeah. The way she handled herself physically, it was great. And then they pair up with Sokka for a little second. And there's, mm-hmm. like, great chemistry between them, I thought. Yeah. That was part of my favorite part of this whole series was um, just Suki and Sokka and the dynamic they had and all that. Um, so one of the, the bigger character changes and in, in, uh, the way they added depth to this character was great. I really loved Princess Yue in the show. Um, there have been a lot of theories that she had always been like a powerful bender because she had the moon spirit in her and they turned her into this bender and she had like a more depth to her story and she was kind of like more spiritual as well when she was visiting Sokka in the spirit world um, and she was she's like kind of like a Jasmine type character you know where she was like this regal princess but every once in a while she like would go walk around the town and hang out with people I really like that Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I I thought her look was okay, though, overall. Um, and then she, she was the fox spirit. I, I guess so. Yeah. We watched the show with with two basset hounds in the immediate <laughs> premise, and we might have missed a couple of things. Yeah. Uh, that, that was just, like, another thing. Going back to our other point about, like, what was hit and miss in the show was like, the spirits and them covering the spirit world. I mean, there's, like, a whole season just dedicated to spirits in the spirit world. and Yeah, and Korra. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, in av- maybe not a whole season. Sorry. But, like, you know, a couple episodes that range probably, like, three episodes worth. Um, And it's all about, like, the spirits and all that. And they just, like, really rushed over that, I think, because the spirits are, like, kind of a big part of the Avatar. So that was just my opinion, though. Oh, so what did you think of uh, everyone, uh, like, Aang? Did you like, did you like his portrayal? No, I loved Aang. 
Yeah. I thought everyone was casted pretty perfectly, to be honest. I mean, Zuko, he was great. He even had the voice. Like, you know, you could tell he talked to Dante. And, um, yeah, I have no complaints over any performances, really. I really did enjoy um, Zuko as well. Um, because, you know, he got to play the character with the understanding of where his arc ends with Zuko and that was great because he got to pepper in a little bit more of that in there mm -hmm. and he did he did get really angry but he also had those quieter moments with Aang when, right after the Blue Spirit episode mm -hmm. I really liked that they added nice, more to that conversation a nice foreshadow yeah um, and I loved I loved the extra scenes that they gave to Monkeyatso I yeah. really liked him. Um, he had the laugh down really well. He had like the character voice down really well, and I you felt really sad for him when he when he passed mm -hmm. and the way that he passed and how he passed because he was just he was the last one and he was standing up for those kids. Yeah, like if they had showed those kids, oh my god, I would have I might have turned it off. Yeah. I mean, it was upsetting. Yeah. So Azula May and Ty Lee appear in this season even though they didn't appear in the first season of the animated show how does that make you feel man did you feel like they were expanded upon or that they were just there to be like hey look we've got azula i think it was both because the fans really do love the three girls um i, I mean i love azula i love may and tylee I, th I think they're just you know like different like a different group of friends than ang you know team avatar um yeah, I think it was mostly because they're fan favorites that they were introduced so early. Um, I also think that having Azula being behind some of the agendas kind of foreshadow what she's capable of in the future. I did like that. Yeah. I like that this was kind of like an origin story for season two Azula. And you're wondering like how a person could be, how a young person that age with like, no experience outside of the Fire Nation could be so good at like manipulating people and like making uh, schemes and plots and everything. I really liked it, and I think it was kind of like the fact that she couldn't get her father's approval along with Zuko, and she kind of sees Zuko as a competition now, and that's kind of where you're going to see her perfectionist uh, uh, quality come in. Mm -hmm. And my theory about why Azula's fire is blue is because she's a perfectionist and she burns the perfect flame with no contaminants, so it turns blue. Um, because in fire in real life, it, it, it's naturally blue, but then like the contaminants in the atmosphere turn it red. So I think that would be super interesting to watch um, going forward with Azula. But May and Ty Lee, they were, they were just there to be like, hey, it's May and Ty Lee, we got him here. <laughs> yep. You know, but getting getting an actor in the show earlier, giving them the opportunity to, to get a feel for the character before they really get involved in the show, I, I could be for that. Mm -hmm. So, Mike, did you spot any Easter eggs from the bigger Avatar canon? I know you did. Oh, I absolutely did. So, I have read the two Kyoshi novels. I've read all of the Avatar and Korra comics uh, outside the new Azula one, and um, of course there's, there's, I've seen Legend of Korra, and there were nods to all of this in the show. Like, um, when Aang 
is fighting the first uh, spirit monster, the spirit panda. He gets, and he's fighting Ko, right? Yeah. He gets lost in that fog. That's the same fog from the Legend of Korra that Tenzin gets lost in. It's like the, the fog of lost souls or something. Yeah. And that's where he runs into Commander Zhao. That was really cool. And then there was a nod in that same episode to the Avatar comic, The Search, where Zuko goes looking for his mother, and he discovers uh, Koi's mother, and that whole, like, character, like, sculpture, statue thing. Was that exact character from The Search? That was really cool. And, of course, they covered a little bit of Kiyoshi's working story from the novels when they mentioned that she was like a servant for a rich person in town and they had no idea she was the avatar that was that was really cool how about you did you notice anything no (laughs) (laughs) i did not i was uh cuddling with a dog (laughs) the whole time so amanda provided this gets a second and third season or beyond what would you like to see what do you expect well, I do hope that they have plans because they left off with a lot of cliffhangers. Um, yeah, I want to see Toph. I want to see Zuko have his awesome character arc, join Team Avatar, and, you know, just be redeemed as the villain, you know? Um, more Zula and May and Ty Lee. Um, I love the Ember Island episode. <laughs> I think everyone does. Even though it's like a filler episode, but it's still so good and so funny. I want to see that. Are you talking about that. the play or the, or the beach one? The beach one. Oh, the beach. Okay. Yeah, where they, um, Zuko and Azula and them, they go on a little vacation. That's is just such a good episode. Um, but yeah, and I'm excited just to see Toph and because Toph is hilarious and you know bring an Earthbender to the to the squad and yeah. What do you? What about you? I would like to see. Yes, I'd like to see the show complete its uh, second and third season. I would definitely prefer that we got maybe 10 or 11 episodes for each season after this instead of just the eight. Because, again, everything was really compressed. And next season, you have even more characters. So I definitely want to see the allotted episode time for those characters to grow. Yeah. Of course, I'm excited to see Toph. And I want to see Earthbending get a huge upgrade because I felt it wasn't very well utilized or displayed in, in the first season. Um, I have to see, they have to do at least a little bit of Appa's Lost Days. I mean, Aww. that is such a fundamental episode to the show, and it adds so much to Appa's character, and, um, it communicates so well, like, uh, animal rights, yeah. and, and uh, animal cruelty, and every, everything that, uh, I'm attached to with animals, and I want to see that, and... Of course, I want to see the beach. I want to see that as well. That's one of my favorite episodes. And one of my favorite episodes that no one talks about a lot is, is called The Drill. And it's about the, the Fire Nation attacking Bossing Say. I want to see that. Um, oh, yeah. giant, that's such a cool action sequence. I want to see that definitely. Mm-hmm. And I really hope that they continue to develop um, all their characters really well. I want to see more Aang uh, growing into the Avatar role. And because he's ex- he's already accepted so much responsibility in his first season, I want to see I want to see him grow into the Avatar more. I want to see that the downsides of kind of over accepting the responsibility and and how people still hold that against him for running away. 
I want to see Zuko con to continue to grow, and I want to see more Suki and Tylee and Mei. And I, they really need to nail Azula in the next couple seasons because Great Delisle performing Azula in uh, the final episodes of the show is just such a great performance, and it's it's so like it's difficult to watch because of how she just unwinds. Like you're, it's like watching someone have a real emotional breakdown. Yeah. So, and if they can continue to add dimensions to Osai and just like the mode behind the fire nation that would be great because as far as we know now like the firebenders just want to do it because they want to do it and we don't really have a real mode behind it but getting the necessary flashbacks with the previous avatar roku would be really cool to expand upon that like yeah i want to see more um past avatars too yeah like um especially uh Avatar Kuruk, he was like really underestimated in the fandom for a long time, and then these Kiyoshi novels kind of expanded upon him. Mm. And even in the show, I forgot to mention, they mentioned his battle with like the spirits and how he spent most of his time in the spirit world fighting like spirits like the size of like monster uh, Godzilla and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, definitely more of everything, and that all comes down to again. Longer episode count, longer, longer episodes, because yeah. there's so much to delve into and touch, and I want to see it. And if they go beyond uh, a third season, like there's great comic books that they could adapt. Mm -hmm. There's potentially another movie that they could adapt that Mike and Brian are working on right now. Yeah. They could they could adapt with the uh, live action cast they have now. Yeah. Plus, that's true. You and I both want them to get the Korra. Yep. <laughs> we want our live action Cora. We want our live action Cora. Um, and as I was saying to you when we were driving home from watching this, I said if, if Cora got adapted, that the, it would be kind of advantageous, more so than when they originally made it, because they uh, the original creators of the show got pushed around by Mike and Brian a lot. Got pushed. Mike and Brian got pushed around a lot by Viacom Nickelodeon. Because first, Korra was just supposed to be a one-season thing, and then they ordered uh, three more seasons, and then they cut budgets, and Nickelodeon took them off the air, and they were online for a while, and there's so much more representation that they could add into the live-action adaptation, now that the mentality of the general audience has grown in favor for it. So I think uh, live-action Korra adaptation would just be way better than the animated had the potential mm -hmm. to be. What well, about you? Yeah, and because I personally love Legend of Korra because all the characters are relatable. They're older, um, and I can relate to each and every one of them. And I just, I love the stories. I love um, that they don't hold back in that series. Um, I mean, people get their heads blown off and blow themselves up on the boats and stuff. Like, I love Tenzin. I love, like, I just, I love it. Like, it's just, for me, I know not a lot of people do like Korra, and it's a shame, Um, but me, I, I love it, and yeah. Yeah. Just we, give me it all. We gotta get there, so that means kind of supporting this show. And, oh, yeah. And uh, watching it, and watching whatever future endeavors that Netflix does, so we can cross our fingers and hope. What kind of bender do you want to be, Mike? Um, I'm guessing I, I, I would want to be an airbender because in all the other elements, like you have to have a high proficiency 
at bending to do all the cool stuff like you have like a one in a hundred chance to be a metal bender if you're an earth bender or an even smaller chance to be a lava bender um and when you're a water bender you know you have to be really good at healing and it's it's difficult there's so much to learn but with air bending you can kind of just pick it up and learn and you can take it as deep as you want but you can still fly around and stuff you don't have to be a master to just have fun with it and to get all the practicality out of it um what about you man what kind of bender would you want to be be an earth bender yeah because i feel like that is just very valuable to have in life you can just like you know if you want to get up on top of like a like a mountain or something you just like stomp your foot down and a piece of rock juts out from the earth and you can just hop onto it make yourself a staircase or I do love lava bending. Um, lava bending is really cool. Bolin is one of my favorite characters. So, like, I love that he can do all of that. Lava bending and, yeah. Yeah, you do strike me as an earthbender because of how just stubborn you are. Like, <laughs> earthbenders are like, well, I just have to keep hitting other rocks and eventually I'll get my way. And yeah. you're very stubborn, very, very fortified, very grounded. I could see that. Yeah. Thanks again for listening to this episode. We hope you had a great time. And uh, if you want to tell us what you thought of the episode, feel free to hit us up in the comments for Instagram or Facebook. We'd love to hear it. We'd love to talk with you. And that will do it for this episode. Thanks for listening.